Paul, I know it's time to start the show, but I can't quit typing on my Razer Huntsman keyboard. This thing's incredible. It's an optical keyboard. It's the fastest thing I've ever typed on. It's amazing. And you know what? Our listeners can pick one up if they go to multiplayerpodcast.com slash Razor. And you know, the only thing better than a brand spanking new keyboard is a free gift to go with it. If you enter code multiplayer at checkout, you will get an amazing free gift from Razor. Take it away, Paul. Hello, squad mates. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. Happy Thursday. This is a Twig episode where we break down this week in gaming. We are two dads who love to talk about video games. It is one of our favorite hobbies. Very excited to have you here with us. If you have not already done so, please rate our podcast five stars and leave us a review. We do read reviews on the show periodically, and so that is a great way to help out the podcast, and we might also read it out loud. Also, you can help support the show through Apple subscriptions, where you can subscribe to our podcast, or you can become a Patreon supporter at MultiplayerSquad.com. That'll give you access to two exclusive Quick Take episodes every week. Josh and I each record a separate five to ten minute episode, and you'll get access to those as well. I am your host, Paul, and my co-host is here with me. I think he might have been doing some rain dances Because it's actually pouring down here in Phoenix, Arizona. It's Josh. It does not happen often, and it feels amazing outside, Paul. And yet, here we are (laughs) in our recording studios, bringing Mm -hmm. the podcast to the people. Studios is definitely overstating my very small home office uh, and, and, and you in your office, but... I'll, I'll take it. It, it makes fancy, it sound a lot though. more professional. Yeah, exactly. We're surrounded by <laughs> cameramen and production mm-hmm. crew and lights and right? yeah. interns, the yes. whole the whole whole shebang, right? Oh goodness! All right, so this is a very exciting episode. Every Thursday, we'd like to catch up and talk about what we've been playing in our personal gaming time. We break down recent gaming news. I know that you and I have been very busy in our personal gaming life because. Our next deep dive is going to be on The Forgotten City, which is a relatively short game. It gave us a little bit of extra time here. And so I'm going to let you go first, Josh. What have you been jumping into lately? Man, I finally got invited to the Halo Infinite test flight, Paul. So some buddies of ours got invited to the last one. There was not much multiplayer. I think it was really just against bots, but they were just so amped up about it. And lo and behold, I got the email... There's nothing, honestly, there's nothing quite like the feeling of getting that invite to a beta that you've really wanted to try out. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it came through and I was like, (gasps) and I posted the screenshot in our private discord, you know, and I was bragging about it. And then I couldn't get in because it, every, all the servers were hosed and all that. But I did get a chance to play quite a few matches by myself. And then I had the chance uh, a couple nights ago to play with some buddies You know how I felt about the Halo Master Chief collection and then some of this stuff, and we've talked about our reservations with, you know, is this really going to feel new, you know, and fresh and all that? Color me highly impressed, Paul. Yeah. I I have some very good things to say about what I have seen with Halo Infinite Multiplayer. Everything seems top notch, man. It really does. I don't know how much I'm allowed to get into. I don't think we're allowed to post video, but I'm pretty sure we're allowed to talk about it. If not, they'll just tell us to take this episode down. So <laughs> we'll get a cease and desist. <laughs> so if you hear this, that means it's okay to talk yes, about. Yes, exactly. But yeah, it, it's 
dude, you can tell that they have poured a lot of love into this game. Everything is just well done. The graphics are phenomenal. The guns sound and feel amazing. The abilities that you can get, while not soup, they're not like ultimates in like Overwatch or something where they're game changing, but you can get some really cool abilities. You know, they, they showed off the grapple hook. You can get the deployable shields. You can get the over shield that makes you like super tanky for a little while. There's one that at first I had no idea what it did, but it's called a repulsor. And when you use it, your guy does like this big uppercut thing and then like vibrations shoot out. And I was like, what is this thing? I have no idea what this is. I thought this was the repulsor, Josh, your your, your face. It's pretty good, Paul. (laughs) Credit where credit is due, man. That's why we're podcasters, Paul. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Yeah. The joke is a lot funnier when you can see me uh, outlining my face on, on the video feed. I'm so glad to hear this because we have had to rag on the Master Chief collection to the point that people think we hate Halo. And I keep trying to say it. We love Halo. We can't wait for Infinite. We want to have it. We loved Splitgate. And I'm so excited that it's around the corner. I forgot to apply for the test flights, so I did not get an invite, but I love hearing from you and our other buddies that you're all really enjoying it. I'm pumped. It's super good. It's Everything is top-notch, high quality. The guns feel amazing. The sounds are great. I, I don't know what more I can say about it. There's only three maps right now, and it was multiplayer, you know, 4v4. I think we won like seven out of our eight matches, and the one we lost oh, wow. was super close. And it's really cool because even in this limited beta, like they show your team's MMR, like it's visible. So you can see like we were at like a 1270 or something. And so when you play the other team, you get to see their MMR and nothing is better than great competition. It doesn't matter how good you are. Like you can enjoy anything. You don't have to be a pro to enjoy a shooter. So if you're terrible at shooters and it puts you up against other people that are terrible at shooters, guess what? You're going to have a great time. Because one team is not going to get squashed by the other team. There was just a lot about it that was really, really enjoyable. Playing as a four-man squad and getting tactical after a little while because the match was getting close. And it's like, hey, nobody run off on your own because we can't afford to die. You know, that kind of stuff. And team play and running with a partner and all that fun Halo stuff and racing for the power weapons, you know, and stuff like that. It had it had all of that. I was really impressed, man. I'm... I don't want to say I'm excited about Halo Infinite because that's just going to cause it to get delayed, you know? And <laughs> right, so I'm right. just going to say that the the beta that I got to play was a lot of fun. And let's see if Look, that ha- works. <laughs> Halo Infinite's going to come out. We we don't know the release date. We're not going to talk about it. You nope. know, it, it'll come out at some point some and point. then we'll, we'll be really excited. In the future. I'm sure they'll release it. Maybe. Yeah. We're definitely not going to curse this one. So we've learned not to give out release dates. It always backfires. Now, well, Paul, I, I'm, I'm so excited. I, I have to say, Paul, I'm so proud of you because you have played a game that I have wanted you to play forever. Yes. And, and you, 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 you teased me. You said, Hey, I'm going to play this. And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then mm-hmm. you said, Josh, I'm playing it. And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard all of it before, but then you stuck with it. I sure did. And what game so is it, Paul? Two, I think it was two twigs ago. I said that I was jumping back into The Witcher 3, that I famously had started it two or three times, and I would fizzle out within the first three to four hours. Never quite got over the hump to get fully sucked in. I didn't just play The Witcher 3, Josh. I played the crap out of The Witcher 3 <laughs> these last two weeks. You, you did, because you I beat, beat it. it, right? I beat it. 
Yes, and I did a lot of side missions. I did not do all of them, but I loved it. I just recorded a quick takes episode for those who support the show. That'll be coming out here in the next couple weeks where I give a couple of my thoughts. But yeah, I mean, I I always knew it was going to be a great game. I used to joke with you that it was like, I think, I think it was, uh, I don't remember if it was Saeed or Ben Linus on Lost, but I think one of them talked about how they had a favorite author and there was one book by them that they never read and they were waiting until they were on their deathbed to be able to savor the first yeah. read of their favorite author. I always said that was going to be The Witcher, that I'm going to be like on my deathbed and I'll be like, all right, Josh, <laughs> give me The Witcher 3. <laughs> uh, but I ended up jumping the gun. I loved it. I even picked up the first DLC and I'm playing that. <gasps> Are you playing Blood and Wine? I'm pl- I'm not not that one. The other one, Heart of Stone, I think it's called. Oh, is so that the first I'm- one? That was the first DLC. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never but played the DLCs. It's a lot harder. Like I realized that probably from other people figuring out the best builds, they probably really amped the difficulty on the DLC because I was three or four levels higher than the recommended, and I immediately got trounced by oh, the first really? boss, which is a giant toad, or it's like a, a frog prince that comes out to fight you. I died like eight or nine times before I beat him. But yeah, I loved The Witcher. Fantastic game. I mean, I, I knew I was going to love it. I just had to get over the hump. And I'm so glad that I did. How does it rank up there? Is it like, would you say it's top three RPGs for you? Top five? If we're strictly looking at RPGs, it's definitely top five. I don't know that it's going to crack top three. I would still have my top three as far as like series, it would still be Mass Effect, Dragon Age, and Red Dead Redemption. I think The Witcher might come in at number four. I think, and I'm going to kind of spoil a little bit of what I say in the quick take, but I kind of feel like The Witcher has the best quests. Yes. But oh, I that's, still, everybody says that. But, but I still preferred the stories in Dragon Age. Like I, I like the overall story of Dragon Age more, but The Witcher would have some individual quests where it's like, oh, that was great. I love the choices. I love where this went. Um, the only, the only downside to The Witcher is I did take like a two day break in the middle because I told you it's just such a depressing world <laughs> that I just need to kind of recuperate. I need some fun. It'll make you feel a lot better about your life, won't it? When, yeah. <laughs> when you spend enough world, enough time in The Witcher and you're like, that world sucks, man. I do not yes. want to live in that world. I just need a little bit of a breather, like a palate cleanser before I went right back. It, it's, it's very similar in that regard to Game of Thrones. Like, I know some people love binging Game of Thrones. I hated doing that. I loved watching one episode a week when they aired because I felt like I just needed to recuperate and just watch like some of The Office or Parks and Rec, something to build up, you know, the, 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 the fuzzies yeah, in the meantime. I guess. Oh, there's not it's depressing. There, there is some humor and and it's really a bright spot in the game when that happens. But yeah, it's a harsh. You and I had a long conversation about this, but the world of The Witcher is a harsh world, man. It is ravaged by war, all these different crazy factions. People are just not nice to each other. I, I get that 100%, man. And so, but I, dude, I'm a little jealous now about the fact that you have the DLC. Because it's been so <laughs> yeah. long since I've played The Witcher, and every time I get a new monitor or something like that, like The Witcher is one of those games I want to see it on because it's just so beautiful. I mean, that game's seven years old now, I think. I can't remember when Something it released. Like and it's still one of the most beautiful video games out there, in my opinion. Um, 
But yeah, I've I've made attempts to play through it again, and I just can't. It's like, I don't know if it's like, I can't bring myself to go through a hundred hours of this game again, even though I love it. It's just that, or maybe I don't want to because I like my memories of it better, you know? And so I haven't ever hopped into the DLC just because, you know? And so now you're going to play the DLCs. You're going to be like, these DLCs are great. And then I'm going to be like, ah, (laughs) Paul, why? (laughs) Now, let me ask you, when you did your playthrough of The Witcher, did you romance anyone? I romanced everybody. <laughs> <laughs> You're a playboy. I was. Now, I, I, it was, it was a family friendly show, Paul, but let's just say I romanced everybody I possibly could in that game. G- Geralt was a popular guy. Yeah. Let's just say that. Uh, so I, I don't think this is a spoiler as far as like the actual Witcher storyline, but I did read that if you try to romance like in perpetuity multiple characters, it'll backfire and then you'll end up with no one in the end. So do you know if you ended up picking? One person at the end of the game I, to I stay did. with. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I I went with um, um, not Tris, Yen- but Yennefer. Yennefer. Yeah, because okay, you know, she's like the one you're supposed to be with. I think See, I had a thing <sighs> with Tris for a long time. Like, I feel like I kind of wavered, right? Like, yeah. there was the little dalliances with the random characters and stuff like that. There was the Kira Metz one or something in the beginning of the game. Sure sorceress yeah and then and then i think i really kind of went for tris for a little while but then ultimately i kind of went ah but i feel like i'm supposed to be with yennefer yennefer i hope you don't mind the other like 12 characters in this game that i romanced (laughs) you know and and all that but yeah Yeah, i think I, I, i went with yennefer in the end Okay, so I romanced Yennefer because I felt like that's what the game was telling me to do. I did not like her character at all. So the whole beginning is where you're chasing Yennefer, you're trying to track her down, she smells like lilac and gooseberries. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, they they make it seem like she's Geralt's love. And so I decided to follow that through because I felt like that would give me the truest ending. But I did not like her character. <laughs> she is... She she would be the the worst person to hang out with at a party. She rags on you, not in a funny way, the way you and I all rag on each other. Yeah. She's just like legitimately trying to break Geralt at every corner. Uh, in, in in hindsight, I felt like Triss was the way better option, but my Geralt ended up with Yennefer. Triss was probably a happier relationship, you know, yeah. but I feel like Yennefer was like the one that's supposed to be there. <laughs> right I but i get what you're, what saying. you're saying for sure I, I i get that oh how funny well you know let's take a moment here josh we want to talk a little bit about a oh. new partner of ours this is a relationship that i love paul <laughs> <laughs> this is this is marriage material here but we're going to talk a little bit about razor razor is the world's leading lifestyle brand for gamers josh and i got our hands on some razor huntsman v2 keyboards they are optical keyboards I think it's the best keyboard I've ever used, Josh. It is hands down the best keyboard. I have had Logitech, Steel Series, you know, Red Dragon, Acer. I've gone through a lot of keyboards in my days. The second we got these keyboards and I unboxed it, I was just like, ooh, like this is great. <laughs> you know, the there's so much that they put into these things. They they really do make them a hundred percent top of the line. The optical technology is insane. It's one of those things where you can't really explain it to people, but it just feels different when you're typing on it. And I don't mean like the feeling of the keys, even though the keys are top notch, like they're double coated PBT keys. You can't wear them out. You can't wear through them, that kind of stuff. But it's like, it just, it feels 
like better. And I don't know how to describe that. You know, do you understand? Like, do you get that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a great keyboard. I used to work for a keyboard manufacturer. And oh, so wow. I actually had a job of fixing mechanical <laughs> key switches. So this is right up my alley. The Huntsman is great. It feels great. It's got the clacky mechanical keys, but they're also optical. So they work way faster than the old school ones. Gives you an edge with your gaming. I I legitimately really do have my Huntsman right next to my Razer Basilisk mouse. And one of my favorite things, because every key on the Huntsman is individually programmable, and I love putting on just the wave effect, especially yes. at night when I got my lights oh. out, and it looks like I'm in a disco. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. It really does. Fully customizable. Every key, you can create macros, you can create shortcuts. The LED lighting on them is insane. Volume controls, media controls. This thing's practically indestructible because of the optical technology in it, so it's not like like a most keyboards where the the contacts wear out over time. Or one of the really things that I love the most is that, you know, some keyboards, if you accidentally hit the edge of the key, it doesn't register. Like the keys wobble a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like none of that in this. Every, every like keystroke, hands down the best, just surefire. This thing is made for gamers, man. I, we're like, we're kind of gushing a little bit, but there's a reason for that because it's like I'm blown away and I want other people to be blown away by it too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Razer is a company by gamers for gamers. If you want a game with the exact same keyboard that Josh and I have, you can head over to multiplayerpodcast.com slash Razer and you can put the keyboard in your cart and then make sure to enter promo code multiplayer and you'll actually get a free gift that'll come along with the keyboard. So don't hesitate. Don't wait. Get out there and get your keyboard today. What was that code, Paul? Key code multiplayer. Boom. All right. So, Josh, this week in gaming, we had a couple of news stories here to talk about. I think the biggest news that came out of Nintendo Direct is this new upcoming (laughs) 2022 Mario Brothers movie. All I want to say, Paul, is do you remember when we had the best celebrities to game with tournament? Of course I do. And who was the winner? It was Dave Chappelle. No, no. It, it was Chris Pratt. <laughs> it was Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. And guess what? <laughs> you and Todd were like, no, I like he's great, but it's somebody else. Well, apparently Nintendo agrees with me, Paul. <laughs> well, pump the brakes. All right. I think, I think we agreed. You know, we, we, we had some input here, but Chris Pratt did come out the winner of that tournament. He gets to voice Mario. This movie is absolutely star-studded. You've probably already heard a little bit about this, but you've got Chris Pratt as Mario. You have Charlie Day, who I absolutely adore as Luigi. I can't think of a funnier voice for that. We've got Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach, who you might know from The Queen's Gambit. Yep. But we've got Jack Black as Bowser, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. I mean, what what more do you want? I, I want this movie out quick is what i want because i am legit excited now famously video game movies have not translated very well we even talked about that in in a in a full episode with a cast like this how do you mess it up man and it'll be animated so oh, yeah. you're not going to have the 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 downfall <laughs> of the 1993 movie which we have trashed and oh, made fun man. of the goombas and you know this is going to be a little different being animated but i do wonder if this is going to be the beginning of like the Nintendo extended universe, do you think this is going to be kind of like the MCU for Nintendo? Hey, if it makes money, it will, it will be the beginning. They have to do it right though, is the thing, you know? And it's like, 
I'm not really sure what kind of story you can tell in the Mario universe. (laughs) Well, Josh, let me tell you, there's this bad villain named Bowser who loves kidnapping Peach, and I can guarantee you that'll be the plot of this movie. If only there were people that wouldn't stand for kidnapping Paul. (laughs) Right. If only we had (laughs) plumber brothers who were willing to step in. Uh, I I just want to say that Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong is such a funny choice to me. I can't wait to hear it but i i I, it doesn't make sense in my head but i feel like it's gonna work out has donkey kong ever had a speaking role in anything i feel like all he ever does is like yeah that's exactly that's really all all he does (laughs) or like the the ground pound kind of thing yeah you know where he slaps his hands on the ground so this this might be a historic moment in human (laughs) history is we're finally going to hear donkey kong utter words Oh man, I can't wait. You know, and, and there's just so many stars. I feel like you could spin them all off and they could all kind of do their own thing. So part of me wonders, is this going to lead into TV shows? I loved the Super Mario Brothers TV show as a kid. Uh, I feel like we might end up getting something like that. We might get multiple movies. I can't wait. I love being able to take my kids to movies like this. So I, I'm, I'm crazy excited. Can't wait to hear I am more. Too. Yeah. Now, I did see one piece of news that, it, you know, maybe people are going to be surprised that I wanted to talk about it here because it's not as universal as Mario Brothers. But you, me, and our friend Todd, who was the original host of this podcast, we went through a very popular board game called Gloomhaven. It's the most I've ever spent on a board game. I that believe was, it was $150. I was going to say that was a that was a pricey <laughs> board game. I remember when very it arrived. Pricey. I remember you saying like, hey, you wanted to get commitment. We all committed to playing yes. and then you were like hey this thing arrived you're not going to believe the size of this box and <laughs> right it's it, so big it's huge <laughs> you're like it's- wait a minute what's what's in there and there's so, like a thousand plus pieces i remember the setup and put away for this game would take 10 minutes oh at least and that's with three I, people. That's with three grown men helping out. <laughs> I learned early on that I just needed to set it up like 40 minutes before you and Todd got there and I would have it all ready to go. But the reason that I bring this up is that they have developed Gloomhaven digitally on Steam. And this was in early access for quite a while. I remember looking at it and they only had like one or two classes in the beginning. It did not look very good. I had no interest in putting more money into Gloomhaven. I already had the physical copy. Anyone who doesn't know, it's very much like Dungeons and Dragons, except that the game itself gives you the missions. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure. Like you do a quest and then they tell you, do you want to do A or B? If you want to do A, then your next quest starts on page 50 in the manual, you know, whatever it might be. So you and I spent months where we would get together once a week and we would play. We probably ran through, I don't know, 40, 45 quests or something. We did a lot. We were approaching the end, weren't we? And then COVID hit. Like, I I feel like we had like three missions left and then COVID hit and then it was like, well, Gloomhaven's done. (laughs) Yeah. So what's really interesting is that it's finally coming out next month in October for the official release. And I started watching some of the videos and I was reading some of the reviews And it sounds like it's a really faithful adaptation now that it has 95% positive reviews from from recent reviews. Really? So I I feel like it's almost like a small-scale No Man's Sky. Like, there wasn't that level of hate, but there was a lot of, I don't know about this, 
you know, from when it started in 2019, but now it seems like everyone's loving it. And how great would it have been to do this digitally where we did not have to pull up and set out all those pieces? I'll say this. I, I do remember seeing when long, long ago when they first announced that they were making Gloomhaven into a digital video game. I remember seeing some kind of snippet of a trailer or gameplay or something. And I went, that looks terrible. Yeah. Like, you know, because I mean, we love getting together and playing board games. Maybe we just, you know, I, but I remember thinking like, this looks terrible. Boy, they have a really long way to go. But then now they have this new trailer. And it looks really good. It looks <laughs> like, fun. I'm kind of hyped. Like This is one of the I don't know how many people you can play. Is it four player max? Like, I don't know. I, I, like, I, you know, it's been a long time since we've played. I remember a lot about the game. You have the different classes. As you level up, you get new cards and new abilities and you get stronger. But then there's. There's things in certain missions where, remember, you'd have penalties going into the missions that would really change oh, yeah. it up. And then there's some monsters would just wreck us, man. Remember, like there was some <laughs> missions where we would just we'd enter a room, we'd bust in and then eight monsters would just obliterate us. And we'd be like, well, that mission's over. Um, <laughs> and they showed all of that. And I remember thinking like the mind freak was the little rat looking thing. Remember that? that class? Oh, yeah, yeah. The mind and I thief. could see yeah. that guy. And then they were showing like some of the cards with like the the berserker or the warrior guy or whatever, where it was like he could AOE and stuff like that. And it, I started recognizing this stuff just from the trailer that they were showing. And it looked like a lot of fun to me. I, I would be very down with getting digital Gloomhaven going. Yeah. Zero setup time. And we, we, we eventually found out that we were playing with some incorrect rules because this is the kind of game that's so complicated. Yes that we would have to constantly go back to the rule book to figure out like line of sight or whatever it might be. So to have it all built into the game where you can't make those mistakes would be awesome. I I remember one of my favorite things is that all the characters I would play, I would just give them stupid puns as their oh. names for <laughs> pop culture. So like my first character was the brute, so I named him Brute Wayne. Yes. And oh, uh, I great. had the I had the Doomstalker, which was like an archer. So he was Orlando Doom for like Lego loss. Oh, I thought it was so the, funny. The pun, punny names were phenomenal, man. There's so many that there's so many good memories from that game where we were, you know, two people were dead. It was all down to the one guy that's left. And if you fail this mission, you have to restart the entire mission. Yeah. Which I mean, you're talking a couple hours worth of work, you know, and some missions, if you failed, you didn't get to retry. Remember, like you had to like tear up the card. One time. Yeah, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. And so, you know, we played by the rules so that there was definitely that risk reward there. This is a game I could 100% see a group of friends, you know, hopping in Discord, bringing this game up, having an absolute blast with people. We loved Gloomhaven. I mean, part of that is maybe just the social aspect of getting together and playing board games every week, but the game itself was very well done. The only downside, like you said, was. 40 minutes of setup, 20 minutes of teardown with three guys to put everything back <laughs> yeah. in the box and all that. And so digitally, you don't have to do any of that. So definitely yeah, this, excited for this one. Yeah, this is one that you might want to check out. It's you know kind of like based on like the Dungeons and Dragons kind of rules and that kind of combat. It's all turn-based, super fun. And then the last news story, I feel like we got to get to this, even if we don't spend a whole lot of time. I'm looking at an article right now. It's from Tech Raptor. And the headline made me laugh so hard, but it says, 
ESRB asked to rate toxic online communities by the ADL. So the the Anti-Defamation League has asked ESRB to not just rate the content of the game, but to also give a rating based on how toxic the community is. How, like, I don't even stay know how you... away, right? Like, <laughs> don't let your kids yeah. be a part of this community. It's sure, like, I, like Overwatch, right? Like, there's nothing inappropriate in Overwatch, but it can be a very toxic community in certain matches. So it might be kind of useful to know: Are are your kids going to be harassed by online bullies if they play this game? Now, here's the problem: I'm looking at this list, Paul, and this is a good list, but. I don't know that they got this list correct in order of like toxicness because everybody (laughs) knows League of Legends is like the number one toxic community. Now, famously, we don't play MOBAs, but ask anybody which community is the most toxic that they can think of. And League of Legends is probably in their top. Like if we were playing uh, Family Feud, it would be like the number one answer, you know, but they have Valorant as number one. Which I totally I get can that. believe. Yes, I yeah. get that because it's such a team base that if you peek and die real quick, now your team's in trouble. But this list is funny. I mean, they get them all right, but I, I do love that Rocket League is at the bottom. I was going to say your best friend Rocket League is ranking in here for the games that they did surveys on. It, it does it does come in at the lowest. To be fair, the only way you can really harass someone in Rocket League is putting <laughs> what a save sarcastically. <laughs> And that, or a good job. And that's yeah. honestly about it. But they did do a survey just asking people, you know, have you experienced disruptive, toxic behavior online in the last six months? And yeah, Valorant came out almost universal. 90, almost 90% of people <laughs> had to deal like with toxicity. 90% of responses said Valorant <laughs> is toxic. Like, yeah. That's not coincidence, man. No, and, I would and not want to have to rate these communities. Like, how do you just you're like, yep, toxic, toxic, toxic. <laughs> oh, those guys are mean. Toxic, toxic. Don't, don't go to that one. <laughs> like, oh, what's man. Their, yeah. What's their grading system? I have no idea. But notably, Rust is not on the list. I think we all know Rust would be so right. You know what the you're top. getting into when you go into yeah. Rust, which is why they're not rating that. They're like, look, you know, if, if you decide to get into that, that's on you. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, but what a funny idea. I loved the idea of trying to assign a toxicity rating. Even though it sounds impossible to me, just seeing where the survey ended up kind of made sense. Valorant and Call of Duty are right at the top. You've got CSGO, Dota 2, PUBG. Those are all kind of at the top. I was kind of excited to see Overwatch, World of Warcraft, Minecraft, Rocket League. Those are all kind of near the bottom, so... I think those communities are a little bit on the nicer side. What the rating system needs to be is just the biggest burn for each game. You know, take Uh like a screenshot of somebody just going (laughs) off on a teammate and take like the best ones. And then that's the rating system where it's like you read the comment on Valorant and you go like, oh, kids, you're not allowed to play that. (laughs) And then then it's just, you know, down the list. Rocket League's just what a save. And it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, you can play that game. (laughs) Sure. That's not too toxic. Right. Oh, man, what a funny story. So, you know, that's all that we have time for here today. Uh, As I mentioned earlier in the show, we are going to be covering The Forgotten City. So that'll be our episode on Monday. And we do want to give out, uh, once again, just a huge thank you to Razer. We're so excited to partner with them. Go check out that Huntsman V2 keyboard. We really do highly recommend it. 
And uh, I think that's it. We'll see you guys next Monday. See you Monday for another bonus round. <laughs> Have a good week. See you guys then. Yep. See you everybody.